This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. So with all that said, uh, first and foremost, I want to thank Pastor Ron, as I always do, for the opportunity to get to share God's Word with you. Um, It's one of the things that I love to do. I love to talk. If you know me, uh, you know, that's that's the, the truth about me. I love to talk. And today, really, what I want to talk about is talking. Kind of cool. And since I love to talk, I want to talk about talking. The truth of the matter is, is what I want to talk about is something that I don't think we truly grasp how important it is. I'm the type of guy, I'm a pastor, the longer I have been studying the Word of God, the longer that I have spent in the Word, the longer I have walked as a Christian, the more I have realized how much power God has endowed to us. And when I say endowed, I don't know if that's the right word, but literally, he gave it to us almost like an inheritance, like a, like a hereditary thing. And I'll talk a little bit more, maybe you'll understand that more as I show you some scriptures. But we have this amazing power God gave us. In fact, this power is really, really strong. If you don't think it is, stop just for a minute and think about this. God literally created us, he says, even above the angels. I mean, and we all think of angels. We think of, you know, Michael and, you know, and these massive winged angels that, you know, that can fight and fight thousands at a time and, and win. And, and yet we're more powerful than that. And I'm here to tell you right now, I am one tough dude, but I couldn't take a thousand of you on. So there must be a different way that God empowered man. Must be a different thing that God did empowering us that makes us literally more powerful than the angels. And so today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about what that is. And I want to hopefully, if nothing else today, bring about an enlightening to you of how much you control that. You control it. Not circumstances. Not your wife or your husband. Not your kids. Not your boss. Not your income, not your government, you control. And so today, I'm going to talk about words and the words that we speak. But before we do, let's go to prayer. Father, I come to you this morning, Lord. And as always, Lord, any time that I get to share your word, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just literally shower me with, with words to speak I pray, Father, that there would be ears to hear. And more than anything else, Lord, I would ask that your will be done today through this message so that our lives can be impacted, our lives can be changed. We are life-changed church. And Lord, we thank you that today you're going to do that very thing. And everyone in agreement said, amen, in Jesus' name. All right. Well, I think it's really best to usually start at the beginning, right? And so let's literally go to the beginning. And, you know, the book of Genesis literally means the beginning, okay? And in Genesis, right away, we see that God created, and God created, and God created in day one, and in day two, let there be light, let there be firmament, let there be oceans, let there be animals. And he gets to a point here where he starts talking about 
us, human beings. And here's what he says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, I just want to pause just for a second. Listen to that. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry around on the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So right away, right away we find out that when God created us, he created us in his image. Now I'm going to break the news to you. You don't look like God. God is a spirit. You don't have a, he does not have a physical or should I say a, a, a body type ex- look to him. Okay? I am sure that he has an image or a, 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 his spirit can be seen, but I don't think it's in the human form. Okay? And I don't say I don't think. I know it isn't. God the Father is not in a human form. Jesus took a human form, but God the Father is a spirit. So obviously you don't look like God. So what does it mean when it says you were created in his image? Okay, what does that actually, what does it comprehend? How do we comprehend that? And it's interesting. There was a guy, a theologian. His name was John Piper. And he took this scripture and almost took a lifetime, literally, of digging into it and studying it in the context of the entire Bible as a whole. And and I want to read you some of the things he said, because some of it really, I think, because of our upbringing in the church, or because of how the devil has honestly almost deceived us and tricked us, we we will almost go, that's heresy. But, But it's not. It's the truth. It's the word of God, and it's what it says. And so I'm going to read a little bit of what he said. He first starts out and he says, Humankind was created to be a graphic image of the creator, a formal, visible, and understandable representation of who God is, what he's really like. Now I'm going to pause there and kind of add to that a little bit in in understanding. In other words, we were literally created to represent God in who we are and who he is. Now I think we can all relate to this. I have a, my oldest son literally is a spitting image of me. Um, People have taken pictures of us side by side and overlaid our faces and if you could see me 20 years ago and see him 20 years ago, I mean, we could have been twins. But that's not the image of me that is important. You see, he's my son, just like my other children are my sons, including even my, my children by marriage are my sons. I want them to be an image of Mark Hacker in their, how they represent themselves, how they present themselves. And you know, even if they do it wrong, (laughs) they're still representing me, aren't they? And the same holds true for us as Christians. When God created us as man, he created us to be an ambassador, an image of him. I want to continue on here, just a minute here. And in this image, God has endowed man with actual traits or genetics and even powers, supernatural abilities, of God both through the Holy Spirit as well as through man's creation. 
Piper boldly declares we are co-creators with God, being capable of not only creating human life, in which we are, okay, but also creating the path of life that we will live. You see, we have this ability, unlike any other animal, we can control the destiny of our life. We can control where we go, what we do, how we do it, and to a certain extent, in fact, to a very large extent, the outcome of that life. You, you know, I think all of us remember back in the day, or maybe you're still young enough, where that counselor says, well, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? And what steps are you taking to get there? You see, this is what God has created us to do. He's created us to literally create a path for our life as we represent him and we represent him and and i love this word it's called ambassador i don't know how much you know about what an ambassador is but ambassadors have been around for since government has been around there's been ambassadors around what an ambassador is it is a person that represents usually back in the days of jesus it was a king Nowadays, it might be the president or the United States government, whatever it would be, and they would go into a foreign land, okay? So we have an ambassador uh, in Kuwait, okay? Or we have an ambassador in France. And that person literally will represent the president. He will represent United States. So much so that his words are legally bounding as though the president said them. Hello. So if the ambassador says it, it's just like the king said it. If the ambassador says it, it's just like the president said it. If the ambassador said it, we are ambassadors to Christ, it is though God said it. Whoa. Do you get me? As you say it, as you declare yourself a Christian created in God's image, and you speak it, it is as though... God spoke it. Do you see that power there? Do you see the importance there of our words? And so I, want, I just really want to emphasize this. Now, I want to go to a scripture here and show you something that why I believe God did this and why it's also so important. It's in Jesus, and Jesus is speaking, and it's in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12. And Jesus is getting very close to being ascended. In other words, he's getting close to going. He had already been resurrected, and he's going to go to heaven. And he's talking to the disciples, and he says to them, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Now, i got to pause right there for a minute. If you've read any of your Bible, Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus took people that were sick, and they were healed. Jesus did amazing things, did he not? And it says right here, You will do the same works I have done. And here's the kicker. Are you ready? Even greater works because I am going to the Father. Even greater. You see, what Jesus is saying here is I am making you all ambassadors to me. I empower you with what you need because you were made in my image. And in my image, you will represent me for who I am. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, has it ever been, when we comprehend that, more important for us to understand when we say, I'm a Christian, 
and we go to a restaurant, and we eat, and we hassle the, the waitress, and we leave her a 50-cent tip, what are we representing? When we speak at our work sites, and we curse, and we use foul language, what are we representing? I mean, and I could go on and on and on and on, because it can be in greater ways, too. When we go, and someone at our work site is hurting, maybe they're struggling in their marriage, and we go, and we speak faith into that. We speak to them about how much God loves them, and how much God wants their marriage to win, how we are representing Jesus Christ. You see, words are power. And we all know that, don't we? I mean, we just went through an election, people. Words are power. We can see it more than ever in that particular case. God brings both his creation and his desires into reality through his word. Go back to Genesis. And the Lord said, let there be light. He didn't go out and chemically mix something in his laboratory and sprinkle it through the universe and poop up, popped a sun. No, what did he do? Spoke it. Let there be light. And there was light. The power of his creation. Same power we have. Jesus spoke. He stood before a tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come out. He didn't roll the stone away and go in, perform a whole bunch of medical procedures on him, and the guy came out. He just spoke it. Lazarus, come out. Boom, dead man rises. Song or something like that, ain't there? <laughs> I think we sing that, don't we? Which, by the way, we sing that, don't we? We sing that, don't we? What are songs? You want to know what songs are? You want to know why this church emphasizes praise and worship? Because songs are words with emotion and truth attached to them. Now, I mean, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Clean your room. I said, clean your room. What's the difference between them two? The emotion that was attached to it changed the meaning of that word. Did it or did it not? You see, when we praise and worship, and the people, I cannot encourage you enough. Break through the wall in front of you and praise and worship verbally. With your hands raised high, with your knees bent low. I don't know what you got to do to bust through that, but I'm here to tell you, busting through that is humongous. Because as you bust through that wall, you take this power that God gave you of words. You attach your emotions to it. And devil beware. I sing that song today, testimony. Did you catch that? Our testimony, our testimony. What are testimonies? Words. You see, it's so powerful. And it can control your destiny. I could go on and on and give you all kinds of places in the Bible where Jesus in particular, or God the Father, spoke and it became. You see, we are created in God's image. We hold within our tongue the same power that God used to create all things. The same power Jesus used to raise people from the dead. We hold that same power. Now, I'm going to, people are going, oh, yeah, right. I can't raise somebody from the dead. Come on, get serious, Mark. It happens. You want to know what? It mostly happens in other countries. 
Did you know that? In fact, it's very common. I know you're probably shaking your head, but it is. Now, obviously, there's not a bunch of governments in there that are all controlling it, but here's why it happens in other countries. Because if you get sick, what do you do? You go to the doctor. You see, we've replaced the power of healing words with a doctor. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these guys that says, don't go to the doctor. Don't get, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Take it for what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is, is we've taken God out of the equation. And we start saying things, well, if it's God's will, I'll be healed. Uh, it's God's will. And he says, in fact, here's, you know, we take communion. I'm getting off track here, but I'm going to do it anyway because God's the Holy Spirit's on me. We take communion all the time, and we, we, we take the juice or the wine. And we understand that. That represents the blood of Jesus Christ, right? And by his blood, we are saved. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that our sins were, are accounted for. We don't have to, to pay the price for the sins we've done. Woo! Why do we take the bread? You know, nine out of ten people don't know that. They know the wine they don't know the bread. You want to know why we take the bread? We take the bread because Jesus said, my body will be broken, that's on the way to Calvary, so yours don't have to be. Be healed in my name. Be healed in my name. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And when you take that and you attach the power, now the power comes from the belief in it, you attach the emotion like we do in praise and worship. People get healed. In fact, I have done it. I'm not bragging. I'm, uh, thank you, Lord. I have laid hands on people. I laid hands on a 13-year-old girl with cancer in her eye. A dad that was devastated. Two days later, she went to Ann Arbor, and the doctor said, what is she doing here? We can't find anything. All these other reports, who are they? Did they send us the wrong reports? Did they send us the wrong CAT scans? What's going on? Because the power that we have been endowed with, that we represent God the Father with, is right there. James, I want to tell you, it's a matter of life and death. James tells us in chapter 3, verse 5, it says, How great... Now, it, Take this, this is written in the negative connotation, okay? It's written from a negative standpoint. While you're hearing it, also hear it on how it can be in the positive, okay? But it's so powerful to read it this way because of really one sentence. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. A word of unrighteousness, the tongue is set among our members, Staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. Setting on fire the entire course of life. Setting on fire the entire course of life. I don't know if I can say it again, but I might. And set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are, able to, who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brother, 
These things ought not to do, be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brother, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond produce fresh water. What this scripture is trying to tell us is how much power there is in the word that we speak, the words that we use. And they are so powerful, they can literally set on fire the course of your future. You know, it's, I, I know I brag my wife up every time I get on this stage, but I have to. Because my wife is constantly telling me, what did you just say? <laughs> Don't speak that. Oh, we're not going to make it on time. Don't speak that. Well, it's never going to happen. Don't speak that. She is almost to the point where sometimes I think she's ridiculous. Okay? I mean, I say the sky is gray and it looks like it's going to rain. Don't you speak that? <laughs> you know? Okay, I'm just stating what I'm seeing. But the truth of the matter is she may go to that extreme, but better she go to that extreme than the stream the devil has got us going to where our words mean nothing. Because when our words mean nothing, then we speak them over our children and that sets on fire the destination of their life. We speak it over our marriages and it sets on fire the destination of our life. When I used to counsel a lot and I did a lot of marriage counseling, I would always say, what are you speaking to each other? What are you saying to one another? What words are coming out of your mouth? And not just to each other. What are you saying to your coworker, your wife or your mother, or your, your dad, your brother about your spouse? Because you are setting on fire the course of that marriage. My wife is lazy. She doesn't do nothing. I think if she washed dishes, her hands would fall off. What are you speaking into your marriage? And when you speak those words in your marriage, you think, well, she can't hear them. They're flippant. No, they are not. That's what we're trying to say. Let there be light. What if God had said, ah, whatever, let there be lightning. We'd be all hot mess, wouldn't we? Getting bolts of lightning every morning. You'd be up on time. <laughs> you know, the truth is, is every word we speak, we're actually going to be held accountable. The enemy does not want you to know the truth, and especially not act on it. He downplays our power of our words. He gets us to believe that our words don't carry any power. And so therefore, we can say anything, and there's no ramifications. Have you ever thought about prayer? You know, we pray. We, we, hopefully, we pray, right? We're Christians. We pray. And you know, a lot of times we pray in quiet. And it's okay. We come to the altar. We reflect on whatever the circumstance is. We reflect on whatever it is. And that's a good prayer. That's good to pray that way. I'm not, I'm not, not shouting, I'm not calling that out as a negative by no means. But most of the time when you're praying that way, what you're really saying is, Lord, speak to me. When you're quietly at this altar, on your knees, I would assume you're not here just complaining. You're here saying, Lord, speak to me. Work in my life. Do something in my life. 
But there is another type of prayer. And that's why these elders, and this is why a lot of you ladies, and you know, I know we don't have any lady elders at the time being, come forth and you pray over those people. Do you know why we do that? We do it so that we can speak words over your silent prayer. We can empower your silent prayer. Pastor Ron's gone and gotten people. Has it, how many of your Pastor Ron's ever went and got? I know my, both my kids need to raise their hands because he's gotten them. Yep. He comes and gets you, doesn't he? And he speaks words of power over your life. Why? Because Pastor Ron can't change you. Pastor Ron has zero power to change you. But he has power to speak words that are empowered by the king that your life can be changed. Your circumstances can be turned around. You can be healed. Heck, you can be raised from the dead. What power there are in our words. Don't kid yourself. Our words are going to be held accountable. Matthew tells us, chapter 12, I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you uttered. Oh! What? What? what, Would you like me to read that again? On the day of judgment, you will be held account for every careless word you uttered. So when you spoke death over your marriage, when you spoke death over your children, you spoke death over your finances, spoke death over your church, spoke death over another person, you're going to be held accountable. I got some good news. Are you ready? When you spoke life over your marriage, when you spoke life over your children, when you spoke life over your finances, when you spoke life over your church, when you spoke life over your boss, when you spoke life over your government, your president, you will be held accountable for that too. Wow! I'm going to just break the news to you. I am not a big fan of what's going on in our government. But I pray for our president. I pray for our government. I pray, and I pray out loud because I believe that even minuscule little Mark in Muskegon, Michigan has the power of heaven to change our government. I believe that. More powerful than any gun, any sword. But ironically, you know what our word is referred to? As a sword. Words are referred to as the sword of God. The Bible is referred to as the sword of God. What is the word? What is the Bible? It's words. Powerful, powerful stuff. We need to be disciplined over our words. Look at people. We need to be disciplined, period. <laughs> we are a very undisciplined nation. I mean, quite honestly, in this morning, good job. All of you made it to work when the time changed. You only knew it was going to change your entire life. And your phone changed without you even having to tell it to. And most of you use your phone to get you up in the morning. We need to be disciplined in our words. My wife is totally right when she calls me out for speaking things. Because she understands that I need to be disciplined in the words I use. I have to catch myself in the words I use. 
What better reason to study the Word of God? Because now when I study the Word of God and a circumstance comes up, I've got this in my memory brain, my hard drive in my head, and out pops the Word of God spoken verbally by the ambassador to the creator of everything so it can come to pass. Because all things are possible. Because Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I will. Do you understand what's going on here? How powerful. So personally, you need to do this. Death and life, Proverbs 18, 21 tells us, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Woohoo! You're going to eat your words. How many people have ever heard that? That is called biblical. You're going to eat the fruit of the words you speak. That's why when I have marriage counseling, one of the first things I try to do is get people to start speaking over their marriage the truth that God has regardless of what the circumstances are. Word of God tells us that when you got married, God ordained your marriage and no man should separate it. God picked that woman out, God picked that man out for you and you specifically to be with for all of your natural life and even into eternity where you will be married to everybody. And I know that's another whole sermon, okay? But the truth of the matter is, is now we get to eat the fruit of the words we pour into our marriage. And you will. Tell me you won't. I know. I watch. I see. I've experienced if you start speaking life into those things, you start speaking the word of God, which is the truth. That's what God, the truth is what God planned for you to have. God planned for you to prosper. Do you know that? He didn't call you to, to he doesn't call you, he calls you that you may prosper, he says in his word. So we got to speak that over it. They speak words into your life. What you're saying about your marriage, your finances, your struggles, your health, your future, remember, these words you will eat. And they may taste sweet or they may taste bitter. Towards one another. Wow, is this important. We can speak curses into lives. Luke tells us in chapter 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, I'm going to spend just a minute on this. This is why Pastor Ron tells you week in and week out to read your Bible. This is why he tells you week in and week out to pour into your mind godly things. Praise and worship music in your car. Pour it into your mind. Listen to audio, video, Podcasts, pour it into your mind. The Word of God, reading it, listening to it, pour it into your mind. Pour it in. Because what you pour into here is going to come out here. And what comes out here holds the power of fire to create or destroy. You know, it's interesting. I can almost tell you what a person's life is like by listening to the music that they listen to. 
fact, years ago, years ago, my kids were here. This church used to face this way. And I was actually the youth pastor here. And there was a young man. And I mean, I don't care what the kid did, man. It just went south. <laughs> just went I mean, anything, you know, you ever talk to people who say, well, everything he touched turns to gold. Everything he touched turned to poo, <laughs> you know? And then I realized, why is it this kid's life just, because he seems like the nicest kid in the world. And then one day, I was unfortunate enough to ride in his car. And the music I heard for seven seconds was enough to answer that question. Because he was filling his mind with defeat and hatred. And I'm not, it's never for me. It's never going to change. I'm a loser. I don't have it. My life stinks. Everybody around me hate everything. And therefore, he spoke into his life literally destruction. And every time God would want to shower a blessing on him, he would destroy it with his words. And how many of us do that? Now, here's the thing. I'm not, a, I'm not a negative guy. If you know me, I am not negative. Do the opposite. Pour into yourself so that what comes out of yourself is these powerful words so that your future can be right, bright. And I am telling you, I have to wear sunglasses indoors because I know my future. My future is filled with love. My future is filled with prosperity. My future is filled with all that God wants me to have. I believe it and I speak it. I get it poured into my life. Do the same thing. I am not special at all. God says he loves us all. He shows no favoritism. And on that note, it works just the opposite way too as I wrap up right here. It works just the opposite way. You see, our hearts can be shaped by our words also. Just like our, our, our hearts can shape our words, our words can shape our heart. So here's what I'm getting at. You're financially struggling. You can't deny it. You're financially struggling. You'd be the liar if you didn't, right? You can look at this, see that you don't have any money, your checkbook is in the negative, you know, your car payment was due three weeks ago, it doesn't, so what do you do? So here's what you start doing. You start speaking victory over that. Now you don't probably believe it in your heart. You think, oh man, here we go again. But the truth is, is you can start saying, Lord, I read your word, hopefully you are, and if you're not, then start reading your word so you don't become a liar, okay? And in your word, it tells me that I am above, not below. I am the head, not the tail. And yet here I am experiencing this, Lord. I want to speak over my life that, Lord, you are going to train me up. You're going to bring people in my life that are going to show me and lead me and direct me to a path of financial prosperity. That I will no longer be the tail but I will be the head. You are going to change in me. You are going to create in me. Lord, I trust in you. In you, all things are possible. And this is possible. So, Lord, I open my eyes today. I'm praying, ain't I? But what am I doing? I am verbally speaking it. And my mind just heard me verbally speak it. So now when the next negative thing comes to me, immediately I go, wait a minute. Red light's going off. This is contrary to the word of God. 
I'm not accepting that lie. It may be a circumstance that is happening in my life right now, but I do not accept it as my future. I'm here to tell you, I struggle financially. And I remember, you know, people, and then people go, well, you're just into that prosperity message. You want to know what? My God is my daddy. And my daddy says he loves me. He loves me more than the birds in the air. Got that from Scripture. And he doesn't let them go hungry. Why am I? And I realize because I can set my tongue on fire. I control my destiny in the sense of the words I speak and the power that comes with them. God calls us to edification. Last scripture I have for you here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 says, God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by the Master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whenever we're awake with a living or asleep, whether we're awake with a living or asleep with a dead, we're alive with him. Now, that's all leading up to this point right here. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. And no one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. You see, we were created to edify one another. We were created to speak life into one another. We were created to speak life into our marriages. We were created to speak life into our kids. We were created to edify using God's word as that truth to have victory. Good stuff, huh? All right. Let's pray. Father, I come to you right now. I speak over this congregation. I speak over everyone that's listening online. Lord, the word that I speak is your word. And the word is, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. You sent him here to earth, Lord, to die for our sins, to pay the price for the things that we did that are contrary to your will. You sacrificed all for us. That is the truth. And today, here we are, walking on this planet with that gift that just lingers out there. Father, today we accept that gift with our words. In Romans it tells us that we are to speak with our lips, that you are our God, that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And believe in our heart that it is true and we are saved. And Lord, if we have done that, then we thank you for it. We take your word that truth and we speak it out loud and we are grateful for the salvation that we have and we Lord want to spread it to all that we know but today if you are here and you haven't accepted that word then I pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon you right now you would believe that Jesus Christ came you would believe the price that was paid you would believe the resurrection that happened and you would speak it out loud that I believe and I need you, Lord. You are my king. If that's you here today, if that's you here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, I challenge you, I challenge you, don't just sit in your seat and whisper it to yourself. 
If you brought someone that loves you, reach over to them and tell them, I love Jesus Christ. I need him as my Savior. If you're bold enough, come up to this altar and kneel down. And when that elder comes to pray for you, you look at him and you say, I want the prayer of salvation. And pray it with them. Because you get to speak your eternity into being today. Father, we thank you that this is your word. We thank you, Lord, for today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.